Montebello Church Sermons. And it's been a new year to you. And I want to greet you. I want to give you a word of encouragement. I want to say to you, God has a new year for us. God has something planned. And I want to say to you, I want to give my sermon in three parts. We want to look at apostolic fire. And we want to look at apostolic fire, a fury. And we want to look at apostolic bite. We want to start with apostolic fire. We start with apostolic fire, and then we go to apostolic fury, and then apostolic fight. Let's begin with apostolic fire. The ambition to preach Christ where Christ was not known, was a well-known passion of the Apostle Paul. You would not be here if you did not have that passion, some of that passion, to see that Christ's name is known around the world. His desire is to take Christ to the regions beyond. But this great ambition was Paul's lesser flame. There was a greater passion, and that greater passion that burned within him, that passion was that Jesus Christ might be known. I want to know him. I want to know the power of his resurrection. I want to know the fellowship of his suffering. I want to know conformity to his death. Wherever there was a gain, I counted but loss for the sake of the knowledge of Christ. I count all things but loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord. For him I will suffer the loss of all things. I would count them rubbish that I may gain Christ. For me to live is Christ, to die is gain. Christ, I desire to depart and be with Christ, for it is far better. For him he rescued me from the dominion of darkness. He has transformed me into the kingdom of light. He has made me the image of the invisible God. He is the image of the invisible God. Jesus Christ is, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He, Jesus, is the head, the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. He is preeminent over absolutely everything. He is the hope of glory, and of all the fullness of Godhead dwells in Jesus Christ. Is anyone worthy? Is anyone whole? Is anyone able to break the seal and open the scroll? The Lion of Judah, who conquered the grave. He is David's root, the Lamb who died to ransom the slave from every people, tribe, and every nation and tongue. I have made you a kingdom of priests to our God to reign with the Son. He is worthy. He is worthy of all blessing and honor and glory. He is the one that is worthy. Hallelujah. He is. He is. He is the one that receives all honor and glory. All hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall. Let every kindred and every tongue on this terrestrial ball to him be all majesty ascribed. Crown him Lord of all. Jesus is altogether lovely. Jesus is the seal of all that is beautiful. 
Jesus is the source, the sum of all that is worthy. Nothing and no one can compare to this wonder and the glory of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the eternal in more. There is always be more of Jesus to delight in. He transcends everything that he has created, and anything is lovely in comparison to it. Nothing is comparison in beauty to the beauty of Jesus Christ. And outside of Jesus, all is spoil. We cannot love him too much. We cannot idolize him. He is the perfect son. He is the one in all glory and majesty and in mercy and goodness and purity and grace. He is ever worthy of more glory. Every glory belongs to him. Every worth of is honored and his, uh, his honor even more to be adored. Apostolic fire burns within and shouts without. With Jesus is far, far better. I want to know Christ. The God who became man, the God who became an ugly man, the God who became the poor man, the God who became the despised man, the man who became an embarrassment, the God who became crucified man, the man who was stricken, smitten, afflicted, pierced, and crushed, chastened and scourged, opposed and slaughtered, that all men from every nation might know him. I want to know the one. I want to be one of those that know him. I want to know Christ. More about Jesus would I know. More about Jesus to others show. To die is gain. To be with Christ is far, far better. This was the apostolic fire burning and searing, raging within Paul's soul. Paul was a great missionary because of an insatiable desire to be with Christ. And as for him, it was to be more. The glorious, endless pursuit of the knowledge and the preaching of Jesus Christ is the great, inexhaustible fire for true missions. Oh, to know with all the saints what is the breadth and length and the depth and, and heights and the love of Jesus Christ, to know the love of Christ which surpasses all knowledge and be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto the King immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. To him to know Christ is to taste goodness. To be struck with his beauty is to be comprehended the very glory of who Jesus Christ is. He is a manifestation of all that is beautiful. To understand why his raging passion to pleasure is to be perfected. Paul's great ambition was to preach Christ amongst the Henri's indivisibly in the desire to know and be with Christ. We, we send, we go to the nations because we want to know Christ, because we want to be with Jesus. We want to revel in his greatest joy, the union in his indivisible or desire to be with God, Christ. Knowing Christ is not only my highest fulfillment, but knowing Christ compels me to join my gracious master and making his blessings known Far as the curse is found, I was 
deadly sick. This man is telling me, this was Dick Mordman tells the story that he was terribly ill and near unto death, and he could not even walk. He could hardly crawl. Medicine didn't seem to be working at all. He thought he was going to die. And then as he prayed, the Lord Jesus Christ came into his very presence like he had never experienced before. Actually, the very Christ came and embraced him. And he says, the envelopment of God's love into my life was so amazing. He said, do you know what I wanted to do? He said, I had a neighbor by the name of Mohammed, and he was a Sudanese general, and he idolized Hitler, and he was a big picture of Hitler in his house. But all I wanted to do was to embrace him in my arms and say, oh, Muhammad, if you only could sense the love of Jesus that I'm experiencing right now, for we cannot long to know Jesus without longing to make him known. We cannot work to make him known without loving him first. Why? Because he is far better. I want to know Christ. I want to know Jesus. All that thrills my soul is Jesus. Wonderful, wonderful Jesus is to me. Counselor, Prince of Peace, mighty God is he. Saving me, keeping me from all sin and shame. Wonderful is my Redeemer, praise his name. Oh, I want to go to see him to look upon his face, there to sing his praise forever. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus, for to be with Christ is far, far better. Apostolic fire is kindled in Christ. Apostolic fire is breathed on by the Holy Spirit. Apostolic fire is pleasing, and it preserves by the Father that we must know Jesus, that we're enraptured with the King, that we're wrapped up with his love, that we love even, we love missions, but it fades in comparison to the love of Christ. Christ is the apostolic fire that includes logic and intellect, but it not only contains them, but it also sets them afire. The burning over into which our emotions and our passions and our bodies, so that as intricate glorifiers, we rise up, with new morning and joyous every day, consumed with one priceless desire and vision, that we might know Christ and increase and long in, in Christ to be with him, which is far better. Oh, Jesus, let us burn. Oh, Jesus, hear our groanings. Oh, Jesus, visit the friends. And oh, come, Jesus, and show yourself to us. Descend on us by your Spirit. Baptize us with your spire, unveil your beauty to us, and let us fall prostrate, overwhelmed, so that we can rise and cry, overwhelmed with the joy of the Lord, filled with Jesus Christ, filled with his love. You are far, far better, because the world will only be one for Christ, and the unreached can be reached only as our hearts are set ablaze for the King. If we, his people, are not on fire, if we do not burn with an apostolic flame, to live is Christ, to die is gain, to be with him is far better. I want to know Christ. I want to know him and the power of his resurrection. I want to know the fellowship of his suffering. I want to be conformed to his death. I want to know him. I want to burn for him. 
I want to burn with the passion that he gives me, for he is worthy. He is the one and only one that is worthy of all glory and honor. He is crowned with many crowns. He is the Lord of heaven and earth. He is beautiful. And Jesus, we love you. And we are, we know that you are far, far better. We know to know you, to be with you is far better. We know well that Paul's starting ambition was to preach Christ, for he was not known. But Paul's sacred ambition was a lesser light in comparison to what he wanted. He wanted to know Christ, to know Christ with all his heart. Paul knew that to die was gaining Christ. He considered that to be far better. Paul, the apostle, was driven by the understanding that Jesus Christ wanted all nations to hear the gospel before he would return. So for Paul, the quickest way and the deepest desire to do and be with God's missionary was to do God's will. Paul was driven all his days by the heavenly far better, gaining and being with Jesus, eager, waiting for the Savior, and hastening his return. Paul loved Jesus. It was the center of his life. It was the center of his missions. That's what he lived for. Let it be for us the driving passion that moves us, a fire of fire for God. Let us indeed count all things lost in comparison to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ. Let us burn with Jesus-centered apostolic fire. The Apostle Paul's fire leads to apostolic fury. In the, the book of Mark, Scripture gives us two amazing stories. First of all, the 11th chapter makes it like a sandwich with two relative events. We are told that Jesus, seeing and cursing the fig tree, then he cleansed the temple. The text then returns to the doomed tree where we find it withered and dead. The observers see that the stories are intricately linked. They are one and they come together. Whether it's a tree or whether it's a temple, we do not fulfill the purpose for which they came into existence. If we do not do that, he shuts us down. It is his zeal that closes it down. When he saw a fig tree that did not produce figs, he cursed it. When he saw a temple that was intended to glorify God, and he says this in, in, the, in the Old Testament as he talks about the temple, he says when he was close to death and he was ready to go to the cross, then he came into the courtyard and here was this room, this special room that was for Gentiles to reach to God. Arabs and Persians and Greeks and Egyptians and all of God's missions reached out. It was in that temple place, that place that they should have found God. He says, he goes and quotes Isaiah, he says, with his eyes popping and his eyes glazed and his hands burning and his fists smashing, his feet kicking, Jesus quoted Isaiah 56. Do not let the foreigners say that there is no place for me in God's house, for even to them I will make a place that is better than their sons and daughters. For me, for my house, 
shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. Jesus no more cursed the temple than he did the fig tree. Mark's stunning point, the reason he combines these stories is that we might see that Jesus Christ did not curse either, but rather he and one produced did not produce figs and one did not produce disciples. When the temple that was intended to be a blessing became a commercial venture, then Jesus shut them down. He says, I don't want my house to be used this way. I want people to turn to me. I want them to love me. So you see, there was a fire in Jesus, a fury that was there that he, he reacted against this commercializing and the reducing of the gospel. He wanted people to know his father. He wanted them to know God. God cannot be good without eternal hell. We must not twist the great godness of God into persuasion by measuring him according to the rules that we ourselves will not agree to keep. We know experientially and functionally that no human, no parent, no judge, no authority, no deity can be holy or good if mercy and truth and love and mercy and wrath and justice and punishment are not delicately balanced together. Yes, truth without mercy will kill, but equally mercy without truth is corrupt. And there is nothing corrupt about the judge of the whole earth who surely, surely does all things right. The fury of a good God is directed of necessity against anything that is evil. And the anger of a good God burns with everything in rebellion against his purpose and his, his calling. Does not good and the goodness of God burn anything that rebels against him and against his purpose? Does not good go out and destroy evil? If, if, a, if a father sees a venomous snake coming into the house, he goes and kills that snake because he does not want his child to be hurt. Does not a good doctor seek to eradicate virtue, uh, viruses that invade the family? Does not a good shepherd kill the lion and the bear and, and the giant? Does not a good king have the wicked enemy slain before him, Luke 19, 27. Shall not the good God of passion attack all that is evil in his world? He, and should we not join him in his passion? Our fury is not directed against men or women. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but the mighty in God against principalities and powers ideologies, institutions, no matter how prestigious or venerated they are, they stand in the way of the nation being warned of the certain wrath of God. Our fury should burn against any lie that twists the truth and that the love of God saves us from the wrath of God for the joy of God. The critical important application of this issue of apostolic fury is that it is the love of God for all the nations that necessitates the cleansing of the temple, the temple of our hearts and yours and mine, the temple of the body of Christ, the temple is the temple of the Holy Ghost. The question is, is your body 
is your temple being used for the glory of God. He's designed us and made us so that purifying fire will burn within us. It's time for judgment to begin in the house of God. Any fear, any laziness, any ego, any greed, any selfishness, any carnality, any ambition, indulgence, or training or methodology that restricts our good understanding of the love of God for the world is wrong. We must burn it all up. If it is wrong, we need to see that the fire of the Holy Spirit burns within us and burns up all that which is wrong. Beloved, now we want to say to you, for primary the temple is our hearts. If we personally, corporately are not the house of God, then what are we doing? Have we lost our passion? Have we lost our fire? Have we lost our desire to live for Christ? Can we say that to know Christ is all that we want? To live for him is our whole being. After gazing long at his beauty, we must have a single eye with an extension for his reign that we know that it is important that God reigns in the world. Our friend, my missionary friend was telling me how that he saw, he was reading, he saw the little, this lady and she had written in great script and put it by the window. Her children were being raised and she declared this is a, she declared this is a Christian. She said, it's wartime. This is a battle. This is a fight. Satan is war, war, warring against you and me, against us, and trying to put out our fire and our passion. This is the fire that we're called to. And I want to challenge all of you. It says, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade men. We are ambassadors for Christ as though God had made his appeal through us. We are all called to go and live for God. It was Caleb that desired that he have taken a mountain for the Lord. It was Jonathan that said to his armor bearer, let's go up against the enemy because God will give us victory. We can stay and that may be good and God may want us to stay here, but he may call us to go. We have to say, for me, it, the certainty may be death, but to do God's will is to be on fire for God. We may be few, we may be a small band, but God says, with Judson and Jonathan Goforth and, and Gimbley and perspective, the bright and promises of God are that we go and we live for him, that we go and we allow the beauty of Jesus to be seen in us. So this is the fire that we're talking about. Do we have a fire that burns up any foolishness, anything that stands in the way of our relationship with God? Have we lost our fire, our passion, our desire for the loss? He is the King of Kings. He has come and he's laid down his life that he might give us life eternal because he wants us to be people that are set on fire for God. Do not be burning for lesser things. Do not be seeking for lesser things, but seek those things that are great. To live for Christ is everything. There are thousands that do not know about Christ. Does it bother you that the world doesn't know about Christ? Does it bother you that they do not give honor to him? They do not give praise to him when he is the king of kings. 
Give your life for him. So I would say to you, ask that God give you that fire once again. A fury against sin in our temple. Fury against all those that do not do God's will. A fury to live for his glory. For his glory and his glory alone. We want Jesus Christ to be seen in us. You know, there's a little song that was written by a missionary years over 100 years ago. And she sent it to the Keswick Conference in England. And, and these were the words. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will go strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Is the glory of God, is the fire of God burning in your heart? And that you will look upon those that reject Christ with broken hearts and you say, Lord, we care for the loss. We care for those for whom you've died. And we know that you have paid the price. With this promise, therefore, a call to be on fire. Let's ask the Lord to give us a new year with a fire burning in our hearts. Lord, set our hearts aflame by your Spirit. Lord, may it be a flame not of flesh, not of selfish ambition, but may be the fire of Christ. Lord, that we will know you, that we know the power of your resurrection and the fellowship of your suffering. And therefore, Lord, we're asking that this year that's ahead of us will be one of the greatest years that we've had that we will burn for your glory and will give you the praise and the honor and the glory. Amen. Lord bless you. Have a wonderful new year. I just pray that you'll go out and you'll encourage someone this very day that God's fire might burn within their life and that they will know to be with Christ is far better. We love you. We pray for you and believe in God for great and mighty things. Thank you very much. Montebello Church Sermons.